When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Folks, it is the midweek edition of College Sports Now. We head west. Our man Wayne Cook is in the house with us, former UCLA quarterback. No Phil Steele tonight. I'm jealous of Phil. He said, Stephen, I need a night off. I need I need to take the week. I need to wrap my head around the transfer portal. I need to wrap my head around the dudes who are not going to be playing in these bowl games. And <laughs> candidly, like, there's not a lot to break down, Wayne. We got Army-Navy coming up on Saturday, but we got some time before the bowl games start. Yeah. So Phil is taking the show off. I, I'm Like I said, I'm jealous. I am exhausted. I, you probably hear it in my voice, Wayne. I'm tired. Yeah, it's all good. I well, need you a break. Had to work the You had to work the... Uh... SEC championship game. Man. I was, was doing that? my best Wayne Cook impression, man. I was hanging out on the sidelines. I was doing my thing. Isn't it fun down there? I mean, talk to me. It's fun, isn't it? You're right in the mix. My wife was asking, you know, she is a casual sports fan. She went to UGA, but she is a, you know, she doesn't sit there and watch a three-hour football game. Right. She's like, what's the best part? And for me, for this event, I've done it now five times. The best part is the coin toss because I stand at the 50 Georgia runs out of the tunnel. There's the smoke, the fire, all that stuff. The referees are standing there. The captains walk over. The lights are off. And everybody just starts walking towards the midfield logo. And I am, I'm right on the referee's hip. I mean, I'm just I'm walking right out there with nice. them. I got the wireless mic. And nobody's, like, checking credentials. Nobody. I mean, I have the – I have – I'm authorized to be there, but the game hasn't started. The place is rocking, and there's anticipation. Once the game starts, Wayne, I mean, you've met me. I'm 5'9 on a good day. Like, I, I position myself in places where I can see, but yeah. I'm not following the ball. I don't have access to the team bench area. So I'm, I'm, I'm most of the time, I'm, I'm between, I'm in the red zone, right? Like the 20s and in. Yep. That's, that's yep. kind of where I do my, do my business. But the coin flip is awesome. It was a, it was an awesome environment. About eighty percent Georgia fans in there. LSU. I mean, listen, they just just outmatched. And honestly, that might be a theme for the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the playoff. I'm not sure Wayne, who if anybody can give Georgia a game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to ask you. And by the way, Michael Serber, the dude, El Serberino's hanging out with us. I want to ask you, what was going through your head last Friday night? 
Because deep down, part of you wants a Pac-12 team to go to the right, playoff, right, right, right. but that Pac-12 team is your arch rival, and they were getting their you know what kicked in by the Utes. So, so this is first of all, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit because you know I can't let you say anything and not respond to it. So, so first of all, it's really cool that you get to do that, and it, it's an experience. People don't understand, like. Yeah, the the big money guys are in the booth, right? The the pretty guys, the the the, the people that are doing the, the 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 grunt, the most work are up in the booth. But sideline reporting is a unique thing. You you get to hear the hits. You get to you get to hear sometimes what the coaches are saying to the players on the sidelines. I would give you a little 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 tip that like sometimes like where you stand, like I don't always stand on the play side. I sometimes stand in the red zone like you talked about, but on the opposite end of the field. Because there's way less people on the opposite. Because people tend to move back and forth based on where the ball's at. Sure. And sometimes you can see the game better. But if you want to be close to the action and also have a chance to get on TV from time to time, you go you go stand in the end zone right down by the goalposts, and they're coming right at you. You just see everything evolve. I mean, you can get mad at a running back for not making the right cut, or the if it's a zone read for the for the quarterback not keeping it or giving it or whatever. It's like you can see everything unfold. And every once in a while. Every once in a while, as a UCLA sideline reporter, I will get kind of lunatic and start yelling and screaming, and one of the players will come over and give me a way too hard high five that hurts me for about the next 10 minutes. So it's 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 a lot of fun to watch from the end zones because you can really see the game develop. I like that. By the way, Serber, I didn't tell you this. Tim Tebow bumped into me on the sidelines. Like, literally, he's nice. like he's Did trying to follow down? the play. I mean, he bumps into me, kid. turns, puts his hand on my shoulder. Sorry, brother. Sorry, brother. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> You're good. Oh, my gosh. He's a so, monster, by the way. I, I mean, I don't know huge. what size jacket he wears, He's but huge. it ain't a 42 regular like your boy here. I can tell you that yeah. much. Dude's got shoulders like Adonis. It's incredible. I've seen him at a few events when the when we played the SEC and they're doing a show there or whatever, and he's a big dude. Yeah. He's he's built. He's kind of like – And he's on television. He is. Not playing yeah, football. He, well, that's true, but he's kind of like, like to be honest with you guys, like I'm going to answer your question in a second about the Pac-12 championship game, but but he's kind of like Max Duggan, who's kind of become like the darling candidate for, for Heisman, but he's that big, strong, athletic. When he starts running, like how many times in that game did you think that he was going to get caught and a guy that size outruns people? Like, and we'll get to it later. Like, holy cow, why do you not quarterback sneak that guy and, and either of those last two plays or at least just run the quarterback play from shotgun because when the quarterback hands off, you lose a blocker. But when you have a guy like Max Duggan and you lead with the running backs and you run your 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 your, your quarterback who's 230 pounds, um, why wouldn't – I mean, I, I feel bad for, for being an armchair quarterback, but it just feels like they really did not – make good calls on third and fourth down. But it didn't matter. They're in anyway, and we'll talk about that later. Um, SC Utah. Now, I think I kind of hinted at this week that this is exactly what the Pac-12 does, correct? I mean, it's, it's like Utah's going to win. I, I kind of knew that last week. Um, here, here's the problem with that game, though. For all the people that claim to watch football and, and, and think, to, you know, it was real quick to say, oh, yeah, the Pac-12's out. Ha-ha, Pac-12 sucks. And then people start posting things like, like there's like, um, you know, people that post the graphics and it talks about all the, the teams that are bowl eligible from all the different leagues, really not taking into account that one of our leagues has 10, one of our leagues has 12, and the other ones have 14, which actually matters when you post those, those graphics. 
But they also point out, like, remember it wasn't that long ago that I pointed out that that the Pac-12 has more nine-win-plus teams than anybody, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure we have more ranked top 25 teams also. But people twist the numbers and say, look, the Pac-12 has the least number of bowl-eligible teams. Well, that's because if you have a bunch of teams winning nine-plus games, you're going to have a lot of teams at the bottom losing. You know what I mean? So it's like it's crazy that people are always trying to find ways to bash conferences. And I'm going to say this, and I'll say this forever. The difference between number one and team number six or seven in the Pac-12 is not that much. And you can say that's because we suck, and I'm going to say that you're an idiot. It's because all those teams are really good. And if you play nine conference games and you have to go through a lot of those teams, you're going to lose some of those games. It's just really, 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 really difficult to to get through the Pac-12, and it has been forever. This year, we had a lot of really good teams. So the odds of, of, of a team like Utah, which, by the way, was a really good team. I mean, Utah, yeah, they lost to Florida at the beginning of the year, and I will argue forever that – why should any team remember Michigan canceled the UCLA game so they could have more home games? That <laughs> yeah. was a brilliant decision, correct? Didn't hurt them one bit. Why would anybody travel on the road first game of the year and play an SEC team or any team from a Power Five conference that's good or even average? It just doesn't make any sense because in the current system, it doesn't help. But again, if you didn't watch the game, you might have not not noticed this. At the beginning of the game, Caleb Williams was being Caleb Williams. He had a run in that game that I was like, oh, my gosh. And you saw it all year. Like, if you didn't watch USC play, I mean, this dude carries this team. I'm not saying they don't have, you know, great receivers like Jordan Addison and company, because they do. Rice makes some good plays. You know, Mario Williams makes some good plays. Uh, you know, Austin Jones had some good plays at running back. That You know, the defense does what they do. They cause some turnovers. But holy cow, when Caleb Williams is not their quarterback, they are not the same team. And what happened was he pulled a hammy pretty early. And it really, really, really changed things. And, and the whole dynamic of that game changed. And there's no, and we've seen it all across the country. If, if Bryce Young's not right, he's not the same quarterback. Right. If Hinden Hooker's not playing for, for Tennessee, they're not the same team. You go down the list of players, even even with Utah when they lost Cam Rising for a little bit, not the same team. If Max Duggan somehow gets hurt and goes down, they're not going to be the same team. A lot of the quarterbacks we're talking about as being elite this year that are both runners and passers. I mean, think about what would happen if, if Drake May, who, by, by the way, I'm just going to say this now, Drake May would be, and I'm not being like – a huge hype machine, but to me, he's the best pro pro prospect, and I know he's not eligible yet in the entire college football game. He would just you take looks him, like Josh. You take him over Caleb Williams, healthy he Caleb looks, Williams. He, I, I would because I think he'll transition to the NFL game more. I think Caleb Williams, while he's a a solid thrower, I think that like in that game when he was forced to stay in the pocket, I think it showed a little bit of his limitations. Yeah. I, I I think that system quarterback. Gotcha. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I think he's really, really good. I just think he would he would probably be more of a. And by the way, this is a compliment. He he'd have to be more of like a a, a Jalen Hurts type, like that you want to have planned run because he's big, strong guy, right? But I think as far as a guy that's going to be maybe a Josh Allen type, if possible, I think Drake May has that ability to move, ability to throw, and just from the beginning of the year to when I watched him, even though they lost 
to Clemson, you can just see how much stupid talent he has. Like he's just good. He's just really, really good. I, I I'm really excited to watch him grow. But anyway, back to the SE thing because this is uh well actually I'm gonna take a breath here. I'm okay. I, I kind of like was struggling with, with SC, you know, the Pac twelve not getting in. But at the same time, to be honest with you, if this was a 12-team playoff, and I know you're going to hate this, Stephen, because this bugs you, you do realize that we would have three lost teams getting a bye. And I'm okay with that. Because Utah beat a team that if there was no playoff games would have been in the playoff. They wouldn't have had a bye. They would have been in, but they wouldn't have been a top-four seed. Well, whatever. Well, okay, either way. But my point is, is the conference champions, even if they lost three games, and I know this always bothered you in the past, would get in. Yes. And I'm telling you that it's okay because both Kansas State and Utah beat teams that were in the top four. So couldn't you argue that if the committee put those teams in the top four and they lost to three lost teams, that that's okay? That means that those three lost teams. Kansas State's been a good team all year. So has Utah. Yeah, they've slipped up a couple of times, but that doesn't mean that on the right day when they play well, they couldn't win. You said it in the opening. There's probably only one team that nobody really seems like they have a chance against right now, and, and that's Georgia. And, and then maybe there's the next one. Michigan looks really, really, really good, but we've talked about how down the, the, the Big Ten I thought was this year other than Penn State and then Ohio State and Michigan. Feels like there's been a big gap this year um, in that conference. So, you know, who knows there? But we don't know. It feels like there's been more parity this year. So I can't wait to when conference championships actually freaking matter. Like, they matter. Like, why even play conference championships? Everybody worries about how many games these kids are playing. Why play them if they don't matter? So in my opinion, I would actually consider not having them when we move to the 12-team playoff. Because if they don't matter, why even bother to have that extra game? Let's just put in the top 12 and see what happens. Yeah, it's an interesting point because, listen, uh, USC would be in the playoff if there was no conference championship game. The conference championship game is what kept them out, and now they're going to, what, the Cotton Bowl? They get Tulane. And by the way, you're right, Wayne. I'm not sure about Utah, you know, when this thing does go to 12 because they're a Pac-12 champ or Clemson, ACC champ. I don't know what those seedings are going to look like. I don't know if they're baked right. in. ACC champ has to be well, a top four seed. They get a buy. I don't. I don't know how that's going to look. I, I think it. The, I, I think it goes based on where you're where you are ranked by the playoff committee. Clemson would have been the number three seed, um, whereas I believe Kansas State would have been the four seed. So there you go. So they would they would get the buy over Utah. You, the the every the the four highest ranked conference champions. If I, unless I'm mistaken, uh, receive. A I thought it was the four highest ranked rank- conference champions too. Yeah, and and they are ranked based on their rank. Their seating is based on right. how high they are in the ranking. Got it. Um, and so, then beyond that, I think five through twelve is just going to be determined based on ranking alone. So if you're the conference champion from the fifth ranked power conference, you don't get the buy. Is that am I, I understanding that? that I, I think that's but correct. do you get a home game in the, in the first of, round though? Yeah, I think you get a home game. So like Tulane um, in this instance. They would be They would they would also not get a buy, but they would get a home game. Got it. I'm pretty right. sure. Okay. Right. In the house I'm pretty really sure it would cool, go like that. Like Utah would be five home game first round. Tulane six home game first round. By the way, I've seven heard... through twelve are the next five. Okay, here's the cra- here. You want to hear something crazy? Like, and we're this is down the road. Think about Utah, or I don't know 
Michigan or, I don't know, Penn State hosting an on-campus playoff game in late December. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Like the home field advantage, if you got to go to Salt Lake City and play Utah in a playoff game in late yep. December. It matters. Like they're not moving that thing to Ford Field. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not so, like the Buffalo Bills. Hey, we got Lake Effect snow. Roger Goodell's going to move us. No, nah, man, so, you got to go to altitude in late December and play those boys. Good luck, man. Yikes. So so you guys, this this is what this is what's been getting me because we all heard the Nick Saban uh speech right to to try to get, you know, hey, we'd be favored against the other two teams, which may be true, but remember this, and I'm going to say this forever. For years when it came to the four the four team playoff, we all talked about how every game mattered, okay? So here's the deal, Bama, don't lose two games to teams you're favored against. Cuz that's what happened, correct? Yes. Like don't lose two games. I mean, it's it's that simple. So people talk out of both sides of their mouth. Like they talk about how they want every game to matter and how if we expand the playoffs games won't matter. I'm here to tell you guys that what you guys just talked about is exactly why games do matter. Like getting to the point to where these championship games, even though you have three losses, still could get you a home game in a playoff game. Talk about what that does for your school and the revenue. And let's be honest, you guys. And I've told you guys this before. Back in the 1990s when I played college football, there were 16 bowl games. Just 16. I think I told you guys that in the 60s when my dad played football, there was only five. Wow. They went up to 16, okay, the 16, and now there's over 40 or something like that, right? So what happened was is that when I was playing, when you made a bowl game, it was a serious reward. Like if they're going to have a playoff and still have all these bowl games, I mean, I would love to see it where it was more than just six and six to get in. Like I, I would love to see it make it to where you actually had to have a decent season. To, to get in or maybe there were less bowls that meant more were some of the good teams that were say ranked 13th through 25th or 26th or even 30th because to be quite honest with you being the 30th ranked team in the nation isn't embarrassing that's still like you're solid sure so so like the idea is is that we've created this system and let's be honest with you like UCLA is playing Pitt in El Paso I've been to that game before. I played in that game once. It was called the John Hancock Bowl when I played in it. And it's a fun it's a it's a it's a fun stadium. It's it's usually sunny and it's, it's called the Sun Bowl, right? It's like it's usually really nice there in El Paso. It's a good game. Um and I've been to a lot of good games where UCLA's played a lot of good opponents. Um but you know what? To have both teams have to travel to El Paso when it could be on you know, in a playoff game and have it be a home field advantage type thing, like when we could travel to Pitt or Pitt could travel to UCLA, you're going to get way better crowds and way better atmosphere. Really, the only great crowds we get now are the are the championship games. Yeah. And and maybe the New Year's Six Bowls. I'm not saying those aren't going to be good, but like like the idea that a lot of these bowl games, it's like, you know, I, I, I know they're awesome. I know they're good for the teams, but I love the idea of having home playoff games. We're going to have games, you guys, that people are going to really care about. I, I, I can't wait. And I love the fact, too, that a lot of these teams going down the stretch are going to are going to have a chance. They're still they, even if they're eight and four or or, or or nine and three, you know, they may still have a chance. You just don't know. So um, I don't know, man. I want to I want to go back to the to the Clemson thing real quick, if I if I can, because I know Cerber's here now. Cerber and I went back and forth, Stephen, and I know you were working. You were doing the SEC stuff, so you really couldn't jump in and dive in. Um, and we were talking about, I don't understand why in all the conversations, in all the conversations, 
why was a 10 and 2 Alabama team and a 10 and 2 Tennessee team and all these teams being talked about when nobody was talking about a 10 and 2 now hear me out champion Clemson team Clemson won the conference championship and they have the same record as the other schools that didn't even play in them Actually, they have a better be 11 record. And 11 and 2 is be better. 11 and yeah. 2. Thank you so much. 11 and 2. So they had the extra game and they won a conference championship. And again, for all of you out there, well, who would win if Clemson played Alabama? <laughs> I don't know. I have no freaking clue who would win that game because it hasn't happened. Like, for all of you people, can't you wrap your brain around the idea that it matters what you do on the field? Every year we try to tell each other which is the better conference and people think the Pac-12. I just read it today. How many people still think the Pac-12 sucks? (laughs) What's that? It just drives me nuts. They won a championship. It matters that they did that. Take it easy, though. Listen, that's why why in the future, Wayne, ACC champ who's sitting there at 11-2 gets taken care of. Like that, that that's why this the way is it should happening. Be. Listen, I, I had I, I mean not this is not a humble brag. I had Commissioner Sankey on at halftime. And I'm asking him about the SEC and how they will benefit from playoff expansion. Okay, yes. we know that it's happening because the news broke earlier in the week. The, the number of teams is gonna be twelve and the year that it's gonna start is in twenty twenty four. Okay. Let's take a step back. How does this affect the SEC? How does it affect college football as a whole? And Commissioner Sankey, while I don't think he necessarily was running point on, you know, why we got to 12 teams. I mean, he's one of the conference commissioners. He has to get his arm twisted like everybody else. This is about access, Wayne. This is about letting a team like Tulane in. This is about letting a team like Clemson, who's who's lost twice during the regular season, in because they've handled their business in their respective conference. So I get that. And 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 there is a part of me, like I've been rooting for the Pac-12 all year because I think it's good for college football if the West Coast is engaged, right? I mean, look yeah. at USC. They were a game short. They're probably going to have the Heisman Trophy winner. Like, that's a good thing for West Coast viewers. It's a good thing for East Coast viewers because they got to stay up and watch this stuff. It matters. Last couple yeah. of years, that hasn't happened. So it's yeah. about access. The, the, you know, everybody's going to – not everybody. Hey, Saban's for it too, you guys. He said the same thing. Dude, I, when, I saw, when I saw Saban, I was at the hotel bar when I saw Saban. Yeah. And I didn't have audio. I didn't need audio. Just the fact that that dude was on Fox's halftime show <laughs> told me all I needed to know. <laughs> that guy was out there stumping. I mean, he's yeah. out there politicking. He's campaigning. And I don't blame the guy. Like, I, I, I don't blame the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's part of ESPN's coverage. Well, maybe he's playing a game on New Year's Eve. I don't know what Alabama's bowl schedule is, but, like, I got Sugar it. Bowl, I, right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I just, I, yeah, they get Kansas State, which, by the way, that, that, that'll that be fun. That'll be a good game. It could be a good game. It's going to be It could ugly. be a really good game. It will be ugly, but I think it might be the type of game that Kansas State could excel in. Either way, and, and who knows who's going to play for Bama, right? Like, hey, did you guys, again, hey, did you guys watch, I want to, just because you mentioned Kansas State, did you watch the kicker for Kansas State when he came on the field to kick that field goal? No. Oh, my gosh. It just looked like he walked on with the biggest smile on his face. And it wasn't fake. He looked like I'm gonna I'm gonna stripe this right down the middle, just like a guy sticking stepping up to a tee shot. I have watched kickers my whole life, and you can see it in their eyes. The moment's way too big for them. This guy's just like, you guys just just line up and give me a good snap, and I'll I'll knock this home. It was awesome. That's you. I don't that, that's you stepping about, up to every tee box, isn't it, Wayne? Well, most of the time, yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially now yeah. that I bought my new Ping G425 driver. Uh, 
That sucker is forgiving. Forgiving and long. I you're, love it. You're Dude. a ping guy, huh? Dude. No, I you know my, what? Go ahead. I hit my father-in-law's brand new TSR on Saturday, Ooh, and yeah, that driver nice. was just, oh, oh man. It just, it just felt, it feels so good in your hands. Yes. You know? Yeah. Server, that can be yours for about $600, okay? Uh, that is well, expensive, yeah. I can't remember the exact model of shaft, but it's a little more than 600 if Okay, I very good. Has. We're getting custom quite, shaft. Quite a bit more, actually. Yeah, hey, shaft real, is the most important part, man. you got to make sure you're fitted for that bad boy. Real quick on golf, before we, get back to, yeah. <laughs> before we get back to football, Wayne, <laughs> yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down on, on the golf hoodie? Yes or no for you? So slow down. What do you mean? Like just you wearing a hoodie while you play? Have you not seen like golf hoodies are like a thing? Everybody no, yeah, no, it's, a, it's, golf yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. item. It's not just a regular old hoodie. Yeah, I'm not talking about the hoodie you wear to yeah. the gym in the nineties. Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. say thumbs up. You're okay with it. Absolutely these. thumbs up. I okay. love it. Okay. This time you especially. I, I am right? not yeah. listen, all the snobs of golf. I'm sorry, but like why can't our pros wear shorts that bothers me when it's hundred and ten degrees? It just seems Dumb. They all wear them when they're playing when they're not on tour. So let them play yeah. a little more shorts. Since when do wearing golf shorts make you look somehow unprofessional? I'm, I mean, I'm like, I, and Rory's been pushing it lately, right? With the joggers, like he's getting him and dude, Finau get higher and higher yeah. every every tournament. Guys, I, I'm these, into it. I mean, these guys dress great. Let let them let them go. The hoodies, if they look right, like I want golfers to look like because golf is unique, right? It's all about honor and. You, you, you call penalties on yourself and all the stuff that you're supposed to learn, like about integrity and, 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 and golf and all that stuff. I go, but if it's a good looking outfit and it happens to be a hoodie, I mean, shoot, I live in quarter zips. I mean, I, I just, yeah. they're, they're my favorite attire. I don't want to, I mean, I just think it's comfortable or whatever they're called, you know, where they're the golf, yeah, the golf you got it. quarter zip. Yeah. 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 I love those things, man. I, I'm wearing one right now, but like, yeah, I'm okay with the hoodies. It doesn't okay. I'm just asking you can, we can resume the football discussion. Hey, just, hey, just you know what we know. need to do right now? You know what we need to do right now? Because I want to go back to Caleb Williams and I'm curious what you guys think. So we all know about the fingernails, correct? Uh, so you told me about this. I didn't know it was a thing. And then the, the, the Utah team account, tweeted the back-to-back thing so he writes what f you whatever he writes f you blank blank and then he writes the other team so like when he played ucla it would be f you blank blank and then ucla or utah or whatever and supposedly he's been doing this for a while so and now pictures are out there and it's circulating and it's become a thing um i, I just want to say that this, and this is important because i've said this before caleb williams is a player like if we start thinking about heisman guys right caleb williams is a guy that definitely should be in the discussion he deserved to be invited. He's a guy that if you take him off that team, that team is not nearly as good. Like, that's that's obvious to me. And that's one of the things I look at as a Heisman voter. Like, if you replace that guy with just another guy or the backup, like, how would the team do? And I don't think they would be anywhere near as good because that guy makes plays. That being said, and I think this is really important, I, I, I just talked about how I'm okay with golfers wearing hoodies because I'm not that old school, and as long as it looks good and classy, I'm fine with it. Holy cow, man, have we lost our way. What we're doing right now in sports, the NFL has a thousand more rules than college does. I don't even think college has any rules anymore. NIL shouldn't be called NIL. It should just be called pay for play or whatever. Contracts, salaries, I don't know. They're going to fix that, man. It's nuts what's happening right now. Players are going into the portal that are starters because they know when they go into the portal, they're going to have an opportunity to have other teams offer them money to come there. 
It's absolutely, and again, for all of you out there, but coaches get to do it too. I agree. Coaches shouldn't be allowed to do that. They should make rules. If a coach leaves their team before the end of the season, they should have to sit out a year. Like, heck, I'm tired of it. Coaches should have to wait till after their season is over before they go somewhere else. And I, I, there's got to be some sanity. But anyway, I'm going to go back to the fingernails because I want everybody to think about this for a second. I played college football, okay? And I know it was a long time ago, but I played college football. And I want everybody else out there listening that either knows someone or has been a part of athletics at a high level. What coach allows that? <laughs> What coach allows that? I mean, you guys, what league allows that? I promise you, if I had put that on a towel when I was playing college football, they would have made me take it off. They would have said, you can't wear that. In the NFL, I was taught when I was there for the short period of time I was there that if you don't wear your socks right, you get fined. They still do that, by the way. They, they still do. I know. They still do that. The idea that that was allowed, the referee should walk up and say, hey, young man, you're not allowed to do that. We're on national television, and I know it's small, and I know you, most people don't notice it. But what coach allows that? We still, you guys, I, you guys, we have lost our mind. These kids, when you go to college and you're a 20, 18, 19, 20 years old, you're still in need of people who can mentor you, who can guide you in the right direction, that can teach you life's hard lessons. And if you don't have people that are willing to do that, and again, you guys, I know this is old school, but you, we've all heard the story of Bill Walton when he played for John Wooden, and he had a big old beard, and John Wooden had a rule that you had to shave. And I've always told people, well, screw that. That's a violation of their freedom. Since when is, is, is playing fo- f- football is a choice? It's a choice. You're choosing to be a part of something. So, yes, they're allowed to have rules. You can't just go into jobs all over America and do whatever the heck you want. There are rules. If a job has a dress code, you have to follow it. There's rules. My son right now works for a place called Richie's Diner, which is like a throwback 50s type diner, and his hair is really long. They told him the only thing he could do there is be a dishwasher because they have a certain image out front. Huh. I, I know that bothers people, but the people that come in there are usually older, and they want to see kind of clean-cut people there. If he doesn't want to work there, he doesn't have to work there. If that bothers him, I said they get a job somewhere else yeah. or be a dishwasher in the back. <laughs> and he's fine being a dishwasher in the back. There are rules in this world. And when Doesn't we learn to give a shit about the rules, <laughs> I don't think so. And so the, the, the idea that I'm getting at is that it blows me away that more people aren't sitting there going. And I, I've seen it. I've seen this argument on social media where people are like, who cares? Hits him expressing himself. And I'm like, it, it's so funny that we live in this world that we're always so polarized on everything. There's people that don't think rules should exist, and there's people that think that discipline still matters. And I just wish, because in the the idea of a young man who's got an opportunity to make a gazillion dollars playing sports, couldn't pull you aside and say, maybe this isn't your best, this is in your best interest. And as your coach, just to finish my John Wooden story, he looked at Bill and he said, I respect you for not wanting to shave. Uh, whatever, and the story goes, he said, but you're not going to play for me. Walton shaved, and the rest is history. He's one of the best college football, uh, basketball players ever to live. But he had to do that to be a part of something that was very, very special. It wasn't like Bill Walton was the first guy to win a national championship at UCLA. I believe they had a guy named Lou Cinder that was there first. So you had to you had to do that. And so I just wish that not only the NCAA would 
kind of figure it out or we get a commissioner, maybe it's Sankey, that takes over this thing called college football because it's not just one player and what they're doing on their nails. It's everything right now. We have zero rules in college football. Zero. And for all the people that said, well, this is a pro sport, they should be treated like it, I agree because the NFL has a lot of rules. Okay, they have salary caps. You can't just you can't just go to another team because you feel like it. You have to be traded, or you have to have when your contract's up. You have to be a free agent. There's rules. We have no rules in college football right now, which is which is interesting. And if you really pay attention to coaches, there's a lot of coaches out there that agree with everything I'm saying that there needs to be some changes. Are Caleb Williams' nails going to affect the Heisman race? You know what? Yeah, I think they will. Um, I would argue that there's a lot of people out there that not only is it that, but let's be honest, and this is going to sound terrible what I'm about to say. Remember Baker Mayfield when he was grabbing his crotch and all that stuff? Yeah, Baker, by the way, he just passed waivers. He, I think he's, he did. A, I think he he's an L.A. Ram Rams. now. Congratulations, he's a, he, guy. He's a Ram now, yeah. He's, he, one of these days he'll, he'll, he'll find the right fit, or it's, uh, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, but that kind of stuff affects you. Okay, and I know that people can still win. Johnny Manziel, you know, it was hard for him. You know, I'm not saying these guys didn't win because they did, but it's still, you know, their public image has been tarnished. And over time, doesn't it seem like their public image was really a reflection into who they are? I mean, did you guys see the video the other day of, 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 of Baker headbutting people with helmets on? And, and when he didn't have a helmet on, did you guys see that? He's not well. He's, dude, he's it was a well. crazy moment, and then one of the players kind of looked at him like, dude, what's wrong with you? It was really funny. But, like, all the stuff that I kind of overlooked for a long time is actually showing, like, sometimes you get a look into a person's real character when you look at the things they do. And sometimes, you know, talking trash is one thing, but when you go too far, it's another thing, right? Every, a lot of people talk trash. But some people do it in a way to where eventually people are like, okay, dude, that's that's too much. You've crossed the line. So I think that that's, it takes coaches to kind of steer these kids in the right direction and try to be mentors for them. I mean, I can tell you, and a lot of athletes that I know can tell you hundreds of stories of what coaches, position coaches, and, and head coaches have done for them by sometimes just telling them to stop it or making them wake up early in the morning and run because they did something wrong. You know, coaches have an impact on players' lives. But if they just allow kids to do whatever they want, that's a problem. You know, my biggest thing watching that Pac-12 title was, hey, man, why don't you take Caleb Williams out the game? Like, I I get it. I heard the press conference. He wouldn't have let me take him out if I tried. Well, who's in charge, bro? Yeah, you're the coach. Like, you got a backup. They did this at the SEC championship. I mean, yeah. Jaden Daniels got banged up. They put in Garrett Nussmeyer. Dude threw for like 300 yards in the second half. He looked really good, didn't he? Yeah. He's got a good arm. Yeah. I mean, like, it's fine. By the way, uh, your Heisman finalist, Caleb okay, Williams. Well, so slow down. Max slow Duggan. C.J. Yeah. Stroud. Yeah. 30-year-old Stetson Bennett. What a story, yeah. man. So so why isn't, why isn't though, just, just quickly, why did you guys see the hit on Cam Rising? Yes. Like, and by the way, his hair made that look even more gruesome. Spectacular than it was. hair. And he's got like, but, the, but guys, like the little mustache goatee thing going. He's got a little oh, bit of a gut, I too. I know. Uh, to quote he's, Wayne, he's, he's not fat, on, he's, though. He's, he's, <laughs> like, he's, from, he's, he's from my high school, you guys. So we love Cam Rising. He's a new Dude, I, I think he looks like a dad who hasn't had a kid yet. You think like, he's got like a little pouch? Like a little pouch? He's a baller. 
Like hey, I was, wa- I was two, watching this guy. I was like, this guy's kind of chunky. It's all from beer and just partying. How many quarterbacks have led their team to two? I'm just going to move on. We know how to party at Newbury Park. I'll give you that. How many it, quarterbacks man. have led their team to two straight Rose Bowls? I mean, that's a good question. You don't have to know the answer because I don't know it, but it's not. Uh, that sounds like a Rose Bowl trivia question it's, coming it's, up in a yeah. couple of weeks, I got, the, Wayne. I got the pregame show. I got the pregame show. So we'll, I know you so, got three so, hours so, to fill, so you better start but, working but, on some but, trivia. But, by the way, you guys, how is that not targeting? I mean, he got him with the shoulder. The top of his helmet hit his face mask and freaking almost killed him. Now, I'm, I love the fact that he popped up really quickly, but, man, I see some targeting calls that are way – and I know there's a rule that there's a certain part of the helmet you have to hit him with, but, man, that's the type of play where you're protecting people, man. He That was a hit where you, like, might not get up. I got an answer and then there's you, other man. hits where it, it, it looks like it's hardly anything, server's and they call got, targeting. Server's I got an answer targeting. for you. I think I know what it is. Pac-12 refs, bro. There it is. Yes. Yeah, thank yes. God. There, That's it, true. There it is. There's only, there's only one crew worse, and it's the ACC. So be, just be glad you're four or five amongst the power <laughs> five. But, yeah, Pac-12 refs, dude. Pac-12 and ACC refs are going to ruin games. You just know that's going to happen when you go into it. SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12, I give them credit. They typically don't you know, put their foot in their mouth too often. SEC is usually got some bigger moments to call, so they may stick out some. But if you consistently watch the ACC and the Pac-12, you consistently watch the referees have an impact and influence on the game. I, you, yeah, you I ain't agree. wrong. By the way, another observation wrong. from the sidelines of the SEC championship game, Wayne. I, you've been watching the World Cup, right? Casually, you've been watching. Casually, it. yeah. You've the seen Americans the amount grow. of technology that goes into VAR, goal line technology, <laughs> onside, yep. offside. We still got these old farts dragging around a ten yard chain. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. These I, guys I, have no business being near athletes that big and fast. I, th- they I thought of get out of the way in time. No chance. That's I thought true. of this argument, Hartzell, when I was watching the ACC championship and like they're moving the chains and the dude who's got at, like at the first down marker, he keeps like yanking on the sticks and it's like, bro, you're where you're supposed to get like that. This that's where you are. Stop yanking the chain. He's like trying to break the chain. I'm like these guys don't even know how to use a stick and a yeah. chain. Yeah. Stop yanking your chain, server. Just stop yanking your chain. I mean, it's good advice for everybody. You jerking me around, Wayno? Hey, hey, let, let's hey, let's hey, let's. Hey, we got hey, a lot we'll to shoot get your to. Eye out, kid. We got okay. no. We got no Phil Steele. So we're talking transfer portal. We're going to talk coaching. You just mentioned Heisman. Though. I want to talk Heisman real that. quick. Here's how I'm going to set yeah. this up. Stetson Bennett's not going to win the Heisman. Okay, he's probably yep. going to finish fourth. That being said, best performance for a 37 year old in the Heisman of all time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Do you remember a year ago what the conversation was around Stetson Bennett? A year ago. Yep. You remember sure what did. had happened? Yep. He had an awful SEC championship game. He's throwing pick sixes. He was brutal. And we're talking about Georgia can't win a national championship with this guy. He's a walk-on. Kirby's got to make a change. This guy's never figured out the quarterback situation, going back to Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, and on and on and on and on. This dude is two games away from back-to-back national championships and an undefeated 15-0 and season. Mm. So... This is bothering me a little bit because I feel like the guy's, you know, being slandered, you know, out and it's, it's, it's like defamation of character. I think it should be like a lawsuit. He's done nothing but be really good. Quarterbacks are, 
um, we live in a world where I love it when people are like, oh, it's the best quarterback we've ever had because he's completed like 70% of his passes and thrown for like a gazillion yards and like he's the best quarterback we've ever had. I'm like, dude, he's like he's like barely over 500 and you're comparing him against quarterbacks played in an era where we played less games. We threw a lot less. So you're saying that this guy's better than Troy Aikman? You're crazy. Like, people do that. Like, oh, this Miami quarterback is elite. Look at his stats. Like, yeah, so you're saying he's better than, you know, Bernie Kosar and, and, and Jim Kelly? Like, really? Just because, you know, it's it's kind of dumb the way people use stats. Let's just put it that way. Winning matters. What, what, what he's asked to do, and by the way, if you look at what Stetson Bennett has done this year compared to last year, he's a weapon, a lot more of a weapon this year. Right with his legs, with his arm, he plays with this ridiculous amount of swagger. Um, I don't know why, but I, I every time I see him, I think it's like you know the actor Shia LaBeouf, who's uh, I think it's, it's, it's just it, it, LaBeouf, whatever his name is. I feel like that's what he looks like, <laughs> and he's just out there and he's just balling. He's doing stupid stuff like dropping the mic and all the stuff he does with his mannerisms. Is Shia but, LaBeouf going to play Stetson Bennett in the Stetson Bennett should, story? Yeah, well, yeah. I think might. they canceled he, Shia LaBeouf, didn't they? I think. Oh, they did, did he? Yeah. Did I he step he, out of line? He, he, went, okay. he went a little crazy. He had some predatory behavior. I think that he tried to make amends for it, but I don't know if he's forgiven yet. Or <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey, you can't ever take away the tweets. movie Holes, though. Come on, Holes was a great movie. Holes. I, yeah, if I'm if I if if I'm dying on a hill for Shia LaBeouf, it's for the greatest game ever played. It's not for holes. that is also a great movie. I agree, but you guys have never seen Holes, where they're out digging holes. I've in the seen desert. it. I read the book. They made us read the book. When do you, yeah, you, your kids quality, read that way? Quality Wayne? movie. Our, Come on. I think we read you it. Climb in the hill and grade. find the onions. Good stuff. Yeah. I think we read okay, anyway, in sixth grade. Anyway, he 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 does. I think that like winning matters a lot, and and we all know that we live in a world where the quarterback for the team that's supposed to win the championship and has a great year um you know usually gets recognition i don't know why he gets knocked so much but here's the deal though and here is my argument when i went through the list of you know because i am a heisman voter and so when i'm going and i can't tell you who i voted for or who i picked but there's people on the so stetson bennett here's what i asked could a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the nation be put in his position at georgia and and put up similar numbers or win with as good as Georgia is. My answer to that is probably I, I think a lot of other quarterbacks could. And a lot of other quarterbacks that are on the are on the, you know, that are out there, you know, like the the Hinden Hookers and the CJ Strouds and the Bryce Youngs and and all of those people probably would be even better, right? At uh, at Georgia with the, with that team. Um, so that's a little bit of a knock on him, but please don't think that's a, that's a big knock on him. I still think he's a great player, and and I feel I still think it's really hard to look at the intangibles that he brings because I think he does bring a lot of that. I say the same thing with all the people that are mad about um, uh, Corum Blake Corum, uh, the the running back from Michigan, being left off the list after the year he had. My argument is if if you look at his backup running back, he averages Edwards actually averaged he had 800 and something yards rushing and had a better average you know 7.5 yards per carry which is ridiculous so what does that tell me that tells me that the backup running back actually averaged more yards per carry and we just saw how good he was in their in their championship game and how good he's been the last couple weeks so could you argue that running backs in that system are going to put up big numbers you could argue that yes you could now when you look at some of the other candidates, 
and I'll go down the list. When you look at Hinton and Hooker, what is that team like with him, and what are they like without him? Okay, he is he, he is the quarterback that kind of carries that team. He had an elite year, and without him, they are not nearly as good. Okay, I would say the same thing about Max Duggan. I think if you took Duggan off of that team, they would not be nearly as good. Well, I so, think if you're uh, if you're Max Duggan, the sample size is is larger, but. You know, just because of the amount of time he's been playing at TCU, Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley have transformed that guy. I'm not saying yeah. that he doesn't no, I know. deserve I it, but I'm no, just I saying agree. coaching matters. Well, the system he, matters. The plays matter. Yes, he's the he's the quarterback on that on that um, on the list. That is interesting because when we talked about Stetson Bennett, I think the Max Duggan story is if you watched his game. Uh, the championship game, and even though they lost, and I already said why I thought those last two calls were completely stupid, but the idea that he got him to that point was incredible, and he did most of it with his legs. And to watch this guy running the way he was running and almost looking like he's going to pass out, he was going to puke, you know, he had all these things going on, that was just amazing. It was heroic. And so you're watching this game, and it's a bummer that they didn't win it. But the idea that Max Duggan, when you when you root for a guy like that, he's Tebow-esque. He's not the best passer of all these guys. C.J. Stroud probably is. Okay? Probably. And I know people will get mad, but C.J. Stroud lost one game and everybody wrote him off, but he led the country in passing efficiency. This guy's a really, really good player and deserves to be on the list. And I think he's another one of those players that if you took him off that team, they wouldn't be nearly as good. Okay, so like there's a lot of it. Caleb Williams, same thing. You took him away from SC. There's no way they're winning. They're winning ten games this year. They're they're going to lose less than that because CJ, uh, excuse me, uh, Caleb Williams mattered to that team. So you start going down the list, and I'll add one more, and that's the the kid at Washington. Talk about a ten and two team that is just because they they had one bad loss against Arizona State. But man, this team was a crucial. Yeah, crucial down the stretch in beating Oregon and also beating uh, Washington State, which helped Utah get into the championship game. That's another player that I think if you took uh, if you took uh, him off the team, Michael Penix, if you took him off that team, and by the way, he led the nation in passing yards with over 4,000. Um, he's not on the list. That guy mattered to a 10-2 team. And you can keep going. Bo Nix, before he got hurt, should have been a Heisman candidate. Because he was amazing, and if you took him off that team, they wouldn't be nearly as good. So that's my knock against Blake Corum and, and Stetson Bennett, is I think those are two players that their backups or other players could probably hang in there and put up big numbers. Did you have something, Serbs? I'm just I'm interested to to hear both of your take, and and this is a bit of a derailment from the Heisman conversation. You could save it for later or another show. But coach of the year this year, like Kalen DeBoer, um, Dan Lanning at Oregon, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, like I, I feel, and obviously Lincoln Riley down at USC, maybe even Chip Kelly at UCLA. The Pac-12 had some tremendous coaching jobs uh, this season. I'm like, other than Brian Kelly at LSU getting them back to the SEC championship game, like. Is it is it one of those guys that's coach of the year for you, Hartzell and Wayne? I think Hartzell, it's, you, you I, go first. I think it's got to be one of two guys. I, I think it's either Sonny Dykes or Josh Heupel. Really? That's, that's nationally okay. I, now I don't yeah. know about Heupel because of I don't think I don't think I don't think Tennessee gets where it is without Hooker. That's they were they went from unranked to number one in the country. I I know they limped home. 
I, I but know Heupel that was there coaching them when they were unranked. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just it, it probably that's why I'm it probably back won't on that one be because Heupel. they're playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl. I mean, you got Sonny Dykes. I mean, that team. I know they didn't win the Big Twelve championship, but I mean, twelve and zero regular season. Like you can't. I don't know. I mean, you could. I've I've heard people make a case for Jim Moore Jr. He's not going to win it, but he so got UConn to six that. games. Six so wins. funny that you said that because he's on my. He would be on my list because usually you we and Jim look Moore at teams Jr. That, boys. You guys dap each other up when yeah, you see each other. You know what? I I do like I do like Coach Mora quite a bit, and I I think he did an amazing job. I mean, that was a huge turnaround. He I mean, wrecked the Falcons. Was, so he'll always be was, that guy for me. I know, but well, Connecticut was he did dead. it all with a haunted house too. You guys saw that, right? The dude's yeah, house is haunted. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> what do you yeah, but they're a dead program. He's got a bowl eligible. Hang on, Hartzell. You were probably prepping for the blitz or like getting ready for the blitz game day did a segment on this around halloween uh morris house is haunted he invited like paranormal investigators into the house oh, yeah they talked about what was been going on he and his wife both told stories of like doors shutting on their own lights turning on and what? all like all the i'm serious they did a whole segment on game day morris like i didn't believe in this stuff before but after living in this house i do and i think this house is haunted is this it real or is this ESPN is owned yeah, by Disney on, no. Company type of stuff? No, 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 no it was no. real. This was this was real. You got to get like, out of there. As real as you believe in the paranormal yeah, you type get stuff. Out of there, exactly. You got to move. But, you move. Yeah, yeah. I don't think more. I I don't think I don't think Mora was playing around. And and Wayne, you can correct me if I'm wrong based on what I've heard about you, Mora. Like I don't think he joke. I don't think he's like in on the joke if they make that a joke. Like he's probably like, no, that's a dumb joke. I'm not doing that. He's like, no, this house is haunted, dude. It's funny you because talk he about actually, he's a great, he's a great media guy. Like he, he can, he can deal with reporters and, and he's, he's pretty smart. He knows what he's going to say. I agree, man. I think that they've probably, I think they've probably witnessed some weird stuff. It seemed real enough to me. I know I, it was right I around Halloween it. time. I bought it too. I don't know if I believe in ghosts. Dude, I believe hey, but it is in all seriousness. I believe in paranormal, but I don't know if I believe in like ghosts. Never seen a ghost. Wait, wait, hang on a second. What do you mean? Like you think like alternate dimensions, you think? Oh, yeah, or like spirits or just like weird stuff going on. But like the idea that there's like a ghost. I don't know, man. I, I say that. I'm probably going to have a nightmare tonight. I'll probably be visited in my sleep. You're so I just, scared right now. I can hear it. You live in fear. Like anyway. I believe in aliens. I believe in UFOs. I don't believe in Bigfoot. I don't believe in Nessie, but I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, you believe, believe in ghosts, ghosts or Dude, I got some ghost stories. All right. Okay. You've seen? I'm you've serious. Seen or my grand, my no, 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 not seen anything, but witness. Yes, I, my 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 grandmother's house was haunted. One hundred percent. By what? Huh. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary though. Uh, I, I'll tell you one story, and then we can move back onto the football stuff. We were, um, oh, I get chills thinking about it. We were sitting in the living room. We were watching uh, Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune. Can't quite remember, but it was that time of night. And then all of a sudden, it's me, my grandmother, and my grandfather. That We were the only three people there. Um, all of a sudden, all the lights start flickering. And my grandmother's from Germany. She had these beer steins hanging up like on nails uh, over the fireplace. They started swinging back and forth and clanking into each other. No shit. <laughs> Could have been a trimmer. I mean, it could. I was going to say it. Somebody was probably fracking down the street. That's probably what it was. <laughs> not in. You know, no, there's, there's the usually an ex- there's usually an explanation, buddy. Don't let don't let your mind get the best of you. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Silver believes, I, man. He believes. I believe, dude. Who's your coach of the year, Wayne? Who's your coach of the year? 
No, th- th- it's a really good question because you mentioned a lot. I mean, in the Pac-12, it's funny because Jonathan Smith took an Oregon State team that basically played all year with a huge handicap of, of not – you know, their last game against Oregon um, and the, what was formerly known as the Civil War, I believe their quarterback threw six passes. Like, uh, yeah, including like am- three in the second half. They came back yeah. from 21 points down. That's Crazy. pretty amazing that they did what they did this year. Uh, it's funny that, you know, a lot of people are throwing around where DJ should go um, in the transfer portal. And by the way, you've got a million quarterbacks out there. Right we'll now talk from- transfer portal. Okay, a bit. We'll talk that later. So anyway, my point is, is that, you know, they're a quarterback away because a lot of those guys are coming back. If if they choose not to, you know, not to leave, um, Oregon State's going to be a team to reckon with. So Jonathan Smith, Kalen DeBoer, I think would be my two top picks, because I think they did it in a different way. I'm not saying DeBoer didn't bring in a transfer and Michael Penix because he did, but the the whole SC thing. And don't think I just hate on SC. Um, you know what 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 coach you know coach did with you know spending a little money and bringing in all these elite players from other teams. It just feels like that's that's a little bit just bringing in the best players as opposed to coaching. So so to me, I, I, I don't know if I'd pick them. And then to be honest with you, I think for Chip Kelly, I think it would it, it not losing to Arizona and being 10-2 and two and having a chance. I, I, I just think that loss just kind of derailed. Do you guys, do you know that UCLA went from having a chance to being sixth? Yeah. yeah that's good. how good the conference Pac-12 was. Pac-12 was I mean, very, very good at the top. I mean, that's, it, it, it's just crazy. So – so, no, I would go with DeBoer or, or Smith. I like the hypo pick. I, I think that, you know, it's one thing to have a quarterback that's elite, but to run a system that that quarterback can utilize does matter. And to beat teams, you know, the game of the year was Tennessee-Alabama. I mean, if I had to pick one, that's the game of the year. That was like, it was. I mean, there were a lot of good games this year, but, man, that game was a great game. And it looked like it was going to be, you know, life-altering for Tennessee and then Hooker gets hurt. I get that. But he had a really good year. Um, yeah, Harbaugh. You know, everybody all year, including you, Stephen, just kept knocking Harbaugh, knocking Harbaugh, knocking Harbaugh. But guess what? He went in and Michigan went in to, to the, the horseshoe and whooped Ohio State. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's huge. And so, you know, really it feels like Michigan's probably the only team that can knock off Georgia and have a chance. So Jim Harbaugh should be in the discussion. So I don't know, man. It's a tough call. While we're we're talking coaches, while we're talking coaches, let's go to Boulder. I want to hear (laughs) from you, Wayne. Give me, give me your your take, and then what your Pac-12 reaction is to Coach Prime coming to the Pac-12, man. Because I got to be honest, that press conference was that was some tour de force stuff. I mean, he is very charming. He is. He's a lot of things that I do not associate with Colorado football, okay? But how's this going to go? Like, how is this going to work? So you guys don't remember this, but but Colorado, when I was young, was was with with Cordell Stewart. And, yeah, they were and, rolling. Who was that, they no, were, who was that were, coach? Who that coach? Man, McCarthy. 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 Yeah, he they, crushed they were, it there. They Big were time, really, Big then, and then even even when Newheisel took over, right after that, Newheisel had a good a good little bit there too. I mean. Colorado is like this. Thirty I, years I called, ago, by the way. I know. 30. No, no, no. You're you're right. And but we've seen what happened. Tennessee was gone for a long time. 
Clemson, you know, thirty years Cle- ago, and now look. Clemson what done was gone for a long later. time. You know, Washington has Georgia. had its down years and come back. You know, UCLA is starting to win at a little bit higher clip than it used to. Not like, there's the a lot of teams. Not that, the same, but okay. Well, I, no, but Nebraska is a team that like we used to be elite, elite, elite. That I think you know made a really good hire and has it, but yet their situation is different than it's ever been. Colorado is the worst power five football program in America. No, no, it is. But listen though, if you've, have you ever been to the stadium before? Yes. Have you ever been to Boulder? Yes. Yes. It's really cool. So here's, here's my problem. Is it cool if you're an 18 year old African American five-star football player? Well, so so that's the the question. This is, this is what we're going to learn. Okay. This is what we're going to learn. First of all, Dion Hartzell for one, the, the uniforms are, are sellable because we know that you may not think that kids care about uniforms, but they do. So if you look good and you win and you can offer opportunities and you got a coach that has this dynamic personality. So I could tell you're going a little bit negative, Hartzell, when I, which I'm not surprised. No, on, I'm, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get I'm your honest it. takes. OK, I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer it. He's not. I, the fact that people think that he's just going to be Nick Saban is funny to me. Okay, the level that he was playing at, at at Jackson State was not even close to the same level. He doesn't, he, you know, Prime isn't a billionaire, so I don't think he's going to be able to pay all these players on his own. On his own, so he's going to need to get. Um, and by the way, hopefully at some point in time we we fix this whole pay for play stuff, and, and please stop calling it NIL. Bryce Young's doing NIL when he's making commercials. That's NIL. Stop calling giving a guy money to come to your school NIL because it's not. That's, I, I don't even understand why it's just stupid. So so here it comes. He's going to come in. And by the way, really ballsy move to pretty much announce that his, you know, for the most part, like his son's going to be the guy. Um, I think that's interesting too. Um, but to come in and challenge the players, I have no problem with that because that's what you have to do. He wants winners there. But you're still going to have to have an alumni and a support system that if you want to go out and recruit these players against – the big time programs of the country. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are players. I just read something in, in, in today that, that, you know, a former USC quarterback that's been bouncing around a lot, had an opportunity to go to Oregon state. And by the way, I didn't say the name and I don't know if this is, this is true or not, but I saw it on like one of the college football websites that he came in and wanted a four bedroom house and he wanted this and he wanted that, not, not to own it, but to be able to have it to, to live in. And he wanted these criteria. Do you think that parents and kids and their families are actually having these types of negotiations with these teams when they're being recruited or even the kids in the transfer portal? I promise you they are. I, I get, that has to be happening. There, they, even when it was, a, even, it was a, even if it, when it was illegal, when it didn't count and yeah. you couldn't do that, people were asking for who, who's, what are you offering me? That was a question. It's like I said, we have no rules. So people are just saying, here, this is what I want. And so now um, when you think about, um, you know, the all this stuff that's going on, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. So I don't know, man. I, I just um, – they're going to have to reel this in at, at some point. But I, I think I think Dion, I, I really like the way he's evolved. I, I like the fact that he has a little bit of old school in him. You can still see the prime, right? The, the 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 persona that has confidence and he's got swagger and he's got all this stuff. But he's also a little bit old school when he wants his players to work hard and, and, and live the right way. And he's even talked out about the money thing. He wants he wants these these athletes to not get because he, he I heard him say this in an interview, and again I'm I'm paraphrasing. But but you know, when you when you get lost, and by the way, this is a history lesson too. 
when people get distracted by the almighty dollar and that becomes their main focus and their main purpose that you're going to lose out on some of the other things. Like, you know, like if you're not just working hard to be the best you can be and working hard to be a a future NFL player and all that stuff, if all you care about is the money and we're going to see this by the way, over the next decade or two, that a lot of really good athletes are going to get distracted by the wrong things. They're not going to get the guidance they need. They're going to be told by everybody around them and all the money and all that stuff, how great they are. And then they're going to wonder why they didn't live up to their potential. Um, so Case I like the point, I, by the way, the 2022 yeah. Texas A&M fight Nagy's greatest recruiting right. class in history. Right. Number six preseason ranking, not bowl eligible, finished five well, and seven. Yeah. And even some of my great, and by the way, some of those guys are already talking about leaving. Right. So, so like some of the, it's funny because after the USC Utah game, Dalton Kincaid, the, you know, all everything tied in, you know, had a nice little tweet afterwards that basically said, you can't buy everything. And then there was a ring right next to it. And that's pretty funny to me. But, you know, obviously throwing a little jab at USC for how much they paid for all these great players. Um, and we all know that Kyle Whittingham and he's got a, a team of three star guys that are just overachievers and they're really, really good and they, they, they live up to expectations. But I promise you that Kyle Whittingham, would look at his players that maybe are doing some things that might be happening at other schools and say, you don't do that here. Yeah. I guarantee that Nick Saban would do that too, by the way. So you know, he's, he's been great at that. So I think Dion is a splash of the PAC 12. I think Dion has, has a, a big challenge ahead of him because they stink. And I, I think that he's going to have to do it the right way. Like I've said this forever. Sometimes if you just try to buy a team, it doesn't always work. Like, you still have to build character, and you have to build teammates, and you have to build camaraderie, so he's going to have to get the right type of players. And so I think it'll be a huge challenge. I don't expect him to come in and be, do what Lincoln Riley did and go from being the, you know, the worst to, to playing for a conference championship. I think it'll take him a little bit more time. So a couple things here. First of all, Colorado does not have the, the, the deep pockets. That's what I They're did, not exactly. even in the same – I mean, yes, there are no. athletics boosters – that, that, that support the Colorado Buffaloes athletics department. Yeah. It ain't USC. It sure as hell ain't or Texas A&M. A&M. Like, it's not even in the or same. Texas. It's not even in the same stratosphere. So you're not going to be able to buy five stars. That being no. said, Coach Prime bringing kids to Boulder, which, okay, Wayne, you and I have been there. It is the whitest, crunchiest <laughs> place in America. Okay, I mean, there's other places where there's a bunch of hippies and everybody's eating granola and smoking grass. Seattle, San Francisco, there's diversity there. Okay, there are people of different ethnicities that live in the city, bro. That ain't happening in Boulder. Okay, so here's the thing. All I'm saying is, like, we've seen coaches hit the portal and and flip a roster. Okay, Mel Tucker at Michigan State comes to mind most recently. If you don't have the funds to do this, regardless of how you feel about NIL, Deion Sanders is going to have to do this on, you know, coaching. Like, he's already hired an offensive coordinator. He got this dude, Sean Lewis. Kent State. Yep. Who is regarded as an offensive guy. He's a younger dude. He's got the beard. He hung around with Georgia for three quarters earlier this year. Like, he's not a, he's not a, he's not some guy off the street. Okay. He's decent hire. You got to hire a defensive coordinator. You got to hire a strength and conditioning coach. Like you've got to surround yourself. Because sure. to your point, Wayne, this ain't Jackson State. Which, by right. the way, like Dion was successful. I mean, he was there for three years. He won a lot of Two games. He was he was yeah. twenty seven and five. He's coming off an undefeated season. 
The guy can win games. I don't know how this is going to go, but I so, will be. I will have the popcorn ready, man. Like I am all in yeah. just for the entertainment value. Because if he, can, <sighs> Wayne, if he can do this at Colorado, he will absolutely parlay this into two or three years from now, taking over in the SEC. So, so let's let's discuss this though, because I think you brought up something that's that's a big picture. And as a social studies teacher, I I, I have to address this. You know, Kyle Winningham. We just talked about it. Utah tends to be a fairly white state. Yes. Okay. They, they they tend to have a lot of good African American Samoan athletes that play at BYU in Utah. Okay, so so there's a there's a way. But that program um, has an I, I, identity. Listen, Kyle listen, Whittingham's listen, been listen, there for twenty five years. Listen. Yeah, but Utah had to earn it. Utah took them a long time when they moved to the Pac twelve to, to, to kind of work their way up from being a new addition and a team that came from a lower level and they had to work at it. And they came in the same time as Colorado and Colorado is scratched the surface a couple of times of being okay, but has really struggled. So I agree. But to think that Colorado cannot be a program, I, I think is misleading. I think with the transfer portal and everything else going on, you know, Arizona had a pretty good comeback year with a good coach and, and, and is, is going in the right direction. Um, it's going to be hard for everybody. I mean, let's be honest with you. Unless you're one of the teams that wins a ton of games every year, everybody else is struggling, not just Colorado. There's people struggling all over, all over the nation. But I, I want to get back to what you said about the, the community and, and, and bringing in African-American athletes. Dion's smart. Like, if you ever listen to him talk, he's, he's a very bright guy. Yes. He knows what he's saying. He, yes. he, he knows he's really, really good. And he's also very passionate. I know people have given him some crap for, for, for leaving um, the you know historically bad black colleges because he talks so much about that and moving on. But I think it's a great opportunity. Because it's funny because I just taught my kids the preamble not that long ago. And I always tell the kids that one of my favorite lines in the preamble is more, more perfect union. And it's because we're not perfect. We've never been perfect. If you study our history, we have a ton of flaws. But as long as we keep trying to get better, excuse me, <coughs> and try, tr- keep trying to become more perfect, that's our goal. Like, we don't want to go backwards. We're going to keep, keep trying to get better. So if what you said is true, Dion can sell his players like this is an opportunity. For, for us, and he's not just going to recruit black athletes. He's going to recruit the best athletes. That's one of the things I, I, I feel like I feel confident about. Dion's not just going to pull in, you know, the athletes that, that, that are African-American. He's going to go out and try and find the, the best offensive linemen, the best defensive linemen. He'll, he'll recruit Samoan kids if they're good. He'll recruit African-American kids, Hispanic kids. Like, you know, even if there's an, an, an Asian player out there, I played with a Vietnamese receiver named Mike Wynn. If you can find that guy, and he was really good too – He's going to bring them in because that's how you win. But he could also sell the point that, listen, this is a community that needs more diversity. And we can show them what we're all about. And, and, and it can help make the world a better place. Because, And I know that sounds cheesy, but most coaches believe in the way they coach and teach that they're trying. And I say most because remember what we talked about earlier about coaches not mentoring kids in the right way sometimes. That The idea is that coaches have an opportunity to make the world we live in a better place. And if they do it the right way by having athletes that are respectable and that do community service and all the things that teams do behind the scenes that we don't know about, they can have a great opportunity to, to grow a community and make it more diverse and make it, you know, maybe more understanding and make more people realize that just because someone looks different than you, that's okay. And that, and I think sports has always done a great job of that. And I think Dion has a great opportunity to bring his brand and what he likes to do into a place like Boulder and make it a great college town. Because I'm telling you guys, even when they suck, their fans want to be a part of something. 
they they have the ability to fill in that stadium in quickly. You watch next year, it's going to be kind of like Utah is. The fan base in Colorado, they want to show up. Their student section shows up. They might leave at halftime because they're getting killed and there's more fun things to do. But if they're even remotely good, they'll bring in the fan base, and I guarantee you those fans will support that team. I, I think Colorado has an opportunity to get better pretty quick. Well, I mean, they went 1-11 this year, so clearly the, the floor is about as low as it can possibly be. I'm yeah. not saying it's not going to work. I, I'm just What I'm telling you is if he can do it there, he can do it anywhere. And so that's what the next – and listen, you know how it is in coaching? Like, are you going to get four years here? Like, if the first three years are your four and eight, are you going to get a fourth? Like, in this yes, day and age, because people want instant results. So we'll see. We'll see. They do, but when you go to a place like Colorado, or we talked about Jim Mora, if you go to a place like Connecticut, like, sometimes it, it, it's interesting because, like, you can get the quick hit from the portal – but believe believe it or not, those do you think players talk to each other? Do you think a lot of players know each other from all the, the camps oh, they yeah, go to? Yeah, no doubt. All? Yeah, no doubt. So so you might go to a school, like you're hearing stories right now of a lot of players leaving. Like I was surprised that Leary's leaving uh, North Carolina. Devin Leary, he's in the portal. I was like, wow. I was like, that's interesting because he was kind of the guy, and when he got hurt, that really hurt that team. So when you start thinking about now, are these players leaving for the money? because they might get money somewhere else or are they leaving because they really don't feel like they fit with the coaching staff. So I think once you get that initial quick, like everybody, cause like even like, for example, I believe one of the leading receivers, not cowing cause he's coming back, but we just talked about Arizona and Jed fish, but one of their other receivers is in the transfer portal. So like the world we live in nowadays that a rebuild, let's just say you're a part of a rebuild. And you come in and you play for Dion, and you have a really, really good year, but your team only wins four games. And you were a freshman or, or someone that came in like whatever. You were a big-time recruit. And then the next year, you win five games, and you're getting better. And the coach is saying, just hang with us. By the time we get to year three and four, we're going to start fighting for championships. And you're like, yeah, but I'm really good, and there's a lot of teams that want me. And by the way, do you, do you think that other teams aren't actually secretly reaching out to these players behind the scenes to say, hey, come play for us. We can get you this. I guarantee you that stuff's happening too. So the idea is, is how long are players going to stay around for a rebuild? That's what's going to be so hard in the era of the transfer portal that players, are they going to stick it out after having a really good year on a poor or average team? Are they going to be looking to, to move up and move somewhere else and get money and all that other stuff? Valid points. All valid points. Listen, I love Deion Sanders, the player. I don't know enough about him, the coach. He's obviously yeah, very charming. He's very personable. He has developed and recruited talent at Jackson State. But the non-conference schedule for the 2023 Colorado football team, you ready for this? Because you know what happens in the Pac-12. They got the nine conference games. Non-conference schedule for Colorado next year. Open the season at TCU. Home to Nebraska, home to Colorado State. Those are your first three games out of the shoot. There is no Northern Arizona here. There's no, you know, University of the Mines. Or like, you know, like some like rinky-dink FCS team that's floating around out there. So I I go straight to my AD. Okay, I go straight to my AD and I said, "Listen, trying to get out of that TCU how game. How much money? How much money do we have to pay? Because remember, Michigan paid UCLA a million dollars. Okay, how much money do I have to pay to get another home game against a team that we know we're going to beat? 
That AD is going to be like Dion. You have all of our money. We have no. He got what five million, which it's a lot. So no, it is. It is a lot. It is a lot. And it and it's interesting though because if you really want to make that turn, sometimes you have to spend a little bit now to because to be honest with you, that game's a a a crazy game, right? So so you want to try to get home games. That's the formula. The 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 SEC started. You know, I was thinking about this the other day when I played in the Pac-12. I mean, excuse me, when I played in the Pac-10. We only played eight conference games. So it was 10-team conference, and you played – you didn't play one of them. Okay, you played you played everybody else but one team. Okay, because you were the other – you were the ninth team, and there was a team you didn't play, and then you played the other eight. Okay, that's kind of how it worked. I don't know when they moved to a nine-team conference schedule. I don't know if they did that when Utah and, and Colorado joined. I'm not really sure. But in hindsight, it was a really dumb decision. It, it just – because of the way football was going – um, you know, you, getting to a good bowl game or whatever isn't enough anymore. So the conferences don't only play eight, eight conference games. It matters, and they get another game usually that's not really all that competitive. And so, and you also want as many home games as possible because the more home games, we've all learned this over the years. Like, think of all the really good teams that went on the road and lost this year, that had a tough road opponent. Even Alabama, we talked about it. They had a hard, they had a hard schedule this year. They had to go on the road quite a few times. Usually I get all grumpy because they don't go on the road at all. Remember I used to always say things like, how many road games have, have you, have, that are you know, real road games, not neutral site games, real road games has Alabama played in like the last 10 years? And the number was like ridiculously low. They hardly ever did it. But it feels like you know, this year when I looked at their schedule, I didn't have the argument this year. They played a real schedule. Yeah. But they also lost two games because of it. Yeah, that's what they, happens. They lost two games by a combined four points, but yes, they lost. Michigan, them. on the other hand, it's not saying they didn't. How many road games do you think they played? I bet you it was like four. Are we talking about all road games or road games against actual like opponents? Like no, I mean all, teams all, all road. All, all, yeah, well, that's true too. But I, I don't think it was very many. So I, I, I think there's a way. So if you're Dion, I, I think I go and see if there's a way to do that. And remember, sometimes you have that booster that doesn't have a lot of money, but they have enough to give you like, hey, we'll, we'll get five of us and we'll get a million to buy out TCU, and then we'll try and add somebody. That's, that's a possibility, those one-time things. And do you think that Dion sitting in a, in a meeting with a bunch of boosters is going to have a little uh, – you think those guys are going to be sitting there going, wow, that's Dion. He's going to have I'm a meeting out of the palm money. of his hand. Yes, look, I yes. think nationally this is a, another step in the right direction for West Coast – Pac-12 football because we are going correct me if I'm wrong Wayne 2023 on paper is the last year that USC and UCLA are in the conference correct correct doesn't that move happen in 24 yep we got one more year unless the board of regents unless the which by the way clock is ticking it is December 6th as we are taping this December 7th for everybody listening Um, it'll be the 14th so it's a week from tomorrow that the UC Board of Regents, uh, who, by the way, may have a governor named Gavin Newsom sitting there trying to squash this and and, 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 and just crush UCLA uh, financially for making a move that, that is really good for the school. So um, we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, you want to talk transfer portal? I, I do, but but I just thought of something when, I, when you brought up my Bruins. Do you guys uh, pay attention to soccer at all? Or do you only care about national championships for... Did the girls win? So not only did the girls win, but I want you to hear this. And by the way, everybody, I love uh, watching. We've been watching the World Cup. I'm a big women's soccer fan. I think it's a 
sport that translates, and you're going to get mad at me right now, not all. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch all women's sports um, because sometimes it's not as entertaining. This is not a knock. I love softball. I love watching women's soccer. I love watching, you know, volleyball. Both both men and women are good. Um, there's there's a, there's a lot of the, a lot of sports out there that I enjoy, but I actually sometimes enjoy watching women's soccer a little bit more than the men because they flop less, they shoot more, uh, they they just play a very aggressive style of soccer. So anyway, that being said, UCLA North Carolina one and two national championship game, 80th minute, UCLA is losing to North Carolina two to nothing. 80th minute, right? We've got like 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. Okay. At that point, UCLA in the last 10 minutes towards two goals to tie it. The last goal was with 16 seconds left on the clock. Game goes to overtime and it lasts all the way to the second OT and about four minutes left. UCLA gets the third goal, holds on to win. Biggest comeback in the history of championship games and in, in, in college soccer. Uh, Pretty amazing moment. Pretty amazing moment for my Bruins. I was fired up. Well, there you go. See? Conference of Champions. Love to see it. 120 national championships for my UCLA Bruins. How about that? I think I I hear Cerber clapping in the background. Very nice. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Beat Bama in the semifinal. Tremendous. Beat Bama. There you go, baby. Wayne Cook, fan of soccer, won't let his kids watch USA Iran in the, the, you know, when they're (laughs) at school. Oh, I should have. I know. That yeah. was a mistake. Yeah, you that were was that a mistake. guy. Hey, kids, open your guy. textbook. Well, we want to watch the World Cup, Mr. Cook. Open your textbook. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, did. I just hammer them with more work. So, transfer portal. Yeah, I want to talk Come about Come on, give me, it. give me, so slow down. So, we got names. We got DJ, which, by the way, I just read an, I just read an article, by the way, that DJ was uh, of, of where he should go. I, I think he should consider Oregon State. Um, but Cerber, you know what the number one, the number one location, because by the way, he's got a brother who doesn't play quarterback. He's a big time recruit. They're California kids. So who do you think the number one on the list that I read where people would like him to go? I would guess it's UCLA or USC (laughs) right now. Probably wouldn't go to USC because right now they got Caleb Williams. So people are like, well, here's the thing though. Mateo, like you, like you say, he's got a brother. That's a package deal. Mateo is hot. Yeah. On yeah, but on if you're DJ, USC. why would you? He is hot. But if you're DJ, though, why would you? Why would you go somewhere where you can't play? Because you have the time. He's got two how many years. more? How many more years does he have left? He's got two. So Caleb's going to go pro after next season, and he inherits the Trojan offense. His only thing, if I'm him, that I'm worried about is Lincoln Riley going pro with. You, so, Caleb but here's Williams. the problem. And, and again, I, I swear, I, I joked around with you guys. Uh, I, I, one of you two, I, I put this out there. I'm like, why don't they just have him put on, you know, 10 pounds and play, you know, and play because, yeah, you know, because defensive Mateo end. Because Mateo already tackle. exists. I, 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 but I'm joking a little bit, but he has that body, by the way. I, I, I guarantee you it's hard for him to stay as slim as he was this year. Like, he's a big boy. But here's my problem. He's not anywhere near as fast. Anywhere, as a matter of fact, Klubnik is faster. I guarantee you, if they race, that Klubnik's faster, or at least he's quicker. Oh yeah, he would blow him away. He would blow him away. He's got cement. So the feet. whole mobility <laughs> thing to me, like it's funny because you know how Tua's having a really good year right now for the Dolphins, like in the NFL. Yep. Tua's not fast enough to run away from people. He wasn't no, in, no, in no. college. He was he was mobile, but he's not fast. 
So he's he's really become good by being an extremely accurate passer. He also doesn't have a great arm. And I'm going to be honest with you. Anybody that throws out that DJ has a cannon, I disagree. His ball, he just, when you watch a quarterback, some of them, when the ball comes off their hand, it almost looks fake. It's just, you hear it. I don't see that with him. I see a lot of almost like lethargic movement with DJ. Like every time he moves, it takes him a while to get going. It takes his arm a while to get going. He doesn't really anticipate all that well. I don't think he goes through progressions all that well. I, I think these are all reasons why he just doesn't seem like he's getting better. So to be honest with you, if I'm a coach, now you may look and say, yeah, but all the raw talent's there and we can, we can, we can coach him well. And I just don't know. If, and again, I, I swear, if if the coaching staff at USC and UCLA thinks that and, and, and they're in the game and they watch all the film and they're like, you know what, we want this guy. I'm just saying that right now one of the things that happens that is happening at UCLA is, and I know that USC also has, is, it, is Miller the backup at UCLA? Do they still have Max Miller? I mean at USC? Do they still have Max Miller? Stand by. I'll let stand, you know. You're going you're gonna to find that out. I, I'm not sure who it is, but I know it was a big-time recruit. Okay, I'm sure they have a guy that's a four star or whatever sitting there learning that system right now. UCLA has a former four star player in Ethan Garbers who went to Washington and then transferred to UCLA. Even when Dorian Thompson Robinson said that he was coming back, Ethan Garbers stayed. He's going to have the same quarterback coach and, and, and Coach Gunderson who's done a great job with these quarterbacks. He's going to be under Chip Kelly's system for like the third year now. He's got a lightning quick release. He's got an elite arm. And he, he's really, really good, you guys. I, I, I don't know how good he can be because I, I haven't seen him play enough in game action. But when he gets in the game, he does not look overwhelmed and he throws a great ball. Miller so Moss, I, I, by the way, is your backup Trojan. Miller Moss. I said yes. Max Miller. Miller yeah, Moss, I, I, yes. I, but Miller Moss was what was his stars. He was four or five star. Yeah. So the idea of, of, of recruiting these guys and having them in your system – and bringing in a guy that maybe can go through spring ball and get ready, I promise you, if you have a guy in your system for a couple of years, they're fuller, they're, they're fuller along on the nuances of running your system. I feel very comfortable that UCLA is in a system right now, a situation right now, that I don't think that I think linebacker, they just brought in an elite player from Cal at linebackers already transferred to UCLA. I think linebacker, I think offensive line, I think defensive tackle, I think secondary, I think some of these positions are way more pressing than quarterback. Because not only do you have uh, you, you have Garbers, but you also have a guy behind him and Justin Martin, who was a big time recruit uh, out of California in high school, who's right behind him. So they still have two deep there. So It'll be interesting to see what happens. But but I think this idea of coaches going constantly out and bypassing some of their better recruits to bring in someone else to plug and, plug and play can actually hurt you in the long run because people are going to start trusting their coaches. You know, they're not going to have belief in their coach. Like, hey, you told me if I hang in there for another year. Because you know you have to recruit the kids on your own team, right? That's, that's what I wanted to say. 
I, I can go down this list and read names that just in the quarterback transfer portal alone that everybody knows, right? We've talked about yep. DJ, Devin Leary at NC State, Hudson yep. Card at Texas. The list goes on and on. Brennan Keaton Armstrong Slovis. at Virginia. Keaton Slovis at Pitt. Cade McNamara is already committed to Iowa. He to left Iowa. Michigan. Yep. He took the Wolverines to the college football playoff. Drew Pine, Notre Dame, yep. Graham Mertz, Wisconsin, <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer, Boise State, Jesus Haynes crazy. King, Texas A&M. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing, though, Wayne, and this is the life of a college football coach and his staff in 2022. And this is so spot on. So you so, are recruiting your own team. Yeah. They've already signed. They're in yeah. the program. The season's yeah. over. You gotta yeah. you gotta recruit these guys because they got one eye on the portal. They're getting DMs. They're getting text messages. Like their friends from camp are reaching out. The guys they went to high school with, dudes at Crosstown. Man, it is. That to me as a coach would drive me insane. I don't know how you manage that. I don't. don't, What do you do? So, first of all, of every quarterback that you mentioned, except for one, I I, I seriously could say they're good. Who's the one? The the guy from AM. Haynes King. Not a fan. I don't like the way he throws. I don't like the way he moves. I mean, I'm sorry. That was negative, but just don't see it. I, I'm not seeing it. But everybody else can can play. Everybody else can throw. Everybody else, that decision that they make is going to be difficult, and I get it. If you're a quarterback, and, and a lot of these guys were starters, right? They're not even guys that are, like, sitting on the bench, which I always said, like, if you're going to sit on the bench for your entire career, then transfer. But now, and I swear to you, this this you just said it. I don't care if you, you had a great year as a defensive tackle or a defensive end, or at safety, if you're a guy that's getting honors, if you're first team or second team or third team, if you're, you're, you know, everybody wants to throw out how many guys go into the portal that never get picked up. But if you're an all-conference player, or if you're a starting quarterback, I guarantee you, you're going to get picked up. And there's going to be teams competing for you. So now you get to sit back and you get to see who, you know, I'm sure you're going to have people in your ear, but you're going to want to go to not just the highest bidder, but you're also want to look at the highest bidder on a team that fits your your the style of play that you have, and are they going to win? You know what I mean. You don't want to go somewhere where you're not going to win because that might affect your your NFL career. So so all of these factors play in. But again, we need to talk about this. Some of these players, like for example, um, you know, we mentioned Slovis. Slovis is transferring again, right? So with no limitations on how many times we, we can transfer. And, and Matt Stevens, my, my, my partner at, at UCLA, we talk about this all the time. If you're an elite player, like if you're, if you're Travis Dye and you're the leading rusher in the Pac-12 and you're playing for Oregon and they're really, really good, why the heck would you leave? Well, because you might get, and I don't know how much money he got, but because you can go to SC and get paid. If you're Jordan Addison and you're playing on a team where you're, you know, his stats went down this year. Yeah, he had to share the ball. Yeah, he had to share the ball. Like, but... Do you think he got paid? He absolutely got like, paid. Like, so, so the idea is, is that now, because of the current system we have, anybody who's a good player that's getting at least decent advice from people saying, listen, you're going to get picked up. There's going to be teams that are going to want you. And you said it. Coaches have to recruit their own guys because why wouldn't they enter the portal? Like, if we live in a world that's all about money, 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 everybody just cares about money, why wouldn't you be a free agent every year? Why would you just sit there and be like, yep, I'm leaving. I, I'm leaving. I'm, coaches do it all the time, and I know that makes people mad, and I actually truly believe that we should have some rules on what coaches can and cannot do as far as, like, there should have a time, a window, 
Like, I don't think they should be able to leave when a season's still ongoing or before the bowl game. They should have to finish the year. There should be a window of when they can leave. I don't know how they do that, but I, I do think that. But this whole unlimited transfer thing, we've just got to come up with some. And by the way, include the players, include the coaches, and figure it out. But we've got to come up with a plan that's better than this because and, – and by the way, as a fan – I just told you guys, and I forget the guy's name, but the guy that's transferring from 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 uh, Cal to UCLA is a stud. He got 16 tackles against us in our game. He's a really good linebacker that that plays on a team that tends to mire and being kind of bad every year. He's going to come to UCLA and he's going to help us out right away. So as a fan, free agency, I'm like, yes, please bring him on. I want and, and I, I look at I look at Twitter every day to see did we get anybody new? Is anybody, but then you also have to worry about players that are leaving. Like maybe you have a first team all conference defensive end that's an absolute stud, and all you hear about is oh people are going to be offering that guy big time money to go somewhere else, and it might even be your crosstown rival. So you see what I'm getting? It's just nuts. It's a free for all. There's way less rules in college football than there is in in, in the NFL. We've gone full extreme on total freedom. Yeah, the problem, though, and again, I'm not a conference commissioner. There is no czar of college football. We've already had that discussion. There's not one person running the sport. Problem is, this is being legislated, taxed, yep. enforced from one state to the next. It's it's being, not 50 different ways, but man... The rules in Georgia and Florida are different in so, Texas and California, and Louisiana, South true. Carolina, Boston, or Massachusetts. Right? Like, that's the problem here. Yeah, but and by here's the way, my question, though. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, i got to ask this, though. Everybody acts like there's nothing we can do. Then why does the NFL have rules? What's the difference? Those guys are part of a union. They're part of a player's yeah, so, union. So, so let's do it then. And let's, by the way, and I, and I hate to say this, but if you want to make money – because a lot of these players, this is what's going to be interesting. Players are going to come back now. Because it's let's just happening. say you're Michael. Let's just say at LSU, and, guys like a top Michael, three wide receiver in college football. He's Boutte, like, I'm coming back for my senior year. What? And Michael Penix. And Michael Penix, too, because they're going to get paid to stay in college. So so here's the deal, though. Like, if you want to have rules, if you want to let, you know, unionize, whatever. I, you know, I, I haven't really thought about that that much. But we need to allow players to go pro. Because I promise you guys, and I'm every college football player, and I know a lot of you listen to this show and you can't wait to hear my takes, but the idea is this. You may think you're really good. Just wait. Just wait. The NFL, everybody's really good. Everybody's really fast. Everybody's really big. Everybody's really strong. And there are hundreds of thousands of college athletes who were all conference players, who played in college all-star games like yours truly, and, and, and just got a cup of coffee before they told you to hit pound sand and hit road. It is a ruthless business. One injury could be the end of your career. That's to why these like, guys want to stay in college for well, as long as possible. Well, and, 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 and get money now, and I get it. And again, I've, I've told you guys this all along. I've never been opposed to players getting more. I, I, I think there was other ways to go about it. I was always okay with NIL too. But I don't think this is NIL. I think it's pay for play. And you've heard a lot of coaches say that too. It's a problem. You talk, even even people like Nick Saban or Kyle Winningham, some of the elite coaches around the country, um, you know what Dabo Sweeney, I mean, it's Cerber sitting there. Dabo Sweeney, you know, may end up falling on the sword for this 
because he doesn't want to use the transfer portal. He wasn't. He doesn't want to go backwards. He wants college football to kind of stay this, you know, this this person building enterprise that is. And and I, by the way, I buy into that to an extent. That college football has saved a lot of lives. It's made a lot of people stronger and better and more prepared for the future. And I never want to lose that because of everybody's chasing money. It makes me sad. So, so like, there's got to be a way to still have that where education matters because 98% of you aren't going to play in the NFL to where even if you do get millions of dollars playing college sports that you still have the integrity and the work ethic and the character that it takes to maintain your wealth because we know that the history of the world has a lot of people that get money quick and they blow it. Um, so there, there's still a lot that, that we need to make sure that we're, we realize that these are young adults who still need guidance. And if we lose that, and a lot of coaches are going to agree with me on this, then, then we're not doing our job. And, and it's really going to become a, just a huge shit show. And sorry for, for wow. my language, but it, it is. We have to make sure without rules we have chaos, guys. You're gonna get you're gonna get pulled aside by your pastor. I mean, yeah, people yeah. like that's not okay, man. Pastor uh, Britt and 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 Linda Cook, and maybe even your mom might send me a text there. Dude, you don't want Liz Parts sliding old. in your DMs. You don't want that. I already got yelled at for something I said on another podcast. So I mean, it's just it, she's everywhere. It's unbelievable. That's good stuff, man. We should tell Phil to uh, you know to skip the show more often. I mean, just oh, get you fired on. up. Do you know that I was? I, I love Phil. But I, I had so many things going through my brain, and I don't even know if I got through them all, but I've just been sitting all week while I'm moving from the legislative branch into the executive branch and talking about the electoral college and stuff. Every time I get a break, I'm, I'm writing down college football takes. It's crazy. I think it's great. I mean, I'm happy for you. By the way, <laughs> El Paso, dude, Sun Bowl. I know. I know. Hey, you know what, though? But Pitt... There's their quarterbacks not even going to play, and to be honest with you, I don't know if all of our players are going to play either. I don't, I don't know what's happening yet. But I, I talked about this at the beginning. El Paso is a little bit of a bummer, but UCLA has to know that you know it. The players on the team, Pitt's a good matchup. This is an eight and four team. They can't um, score, Wayne. I mean, unless Ibanaconda goes off, like they no, can't score. You're so guys, my point you're is, ready for the. It's cold. Sun Bowl is cold. It could be eighty. UCLA's been to the Sun Bowl. You don't know. Could be eighty. Could be thirty. Yes, we played. We played Virginia Tech in the Sun Bowl when they had that big quarterback. Um, I forget his name. Thomas something like that. Big guy. Logan big Thomas. Guy. Logan Thomas. He uh, was Logan a Thomas, monster. And we, and Holy we, we cow. beat them. We beat them in the in the in the Sun Bowl. Uh, we played Northwestern years ago in the Sun Bowl, and we beat them. And one of our uh, – Brandon Brazil had two onside kick touchdowns, wow. meaning that the ball bounced straight to him, and he just – when the hands team was in and scored two touchdowns Here's in a the row. good news, Wayne. Here's the good news. Yeah. It's going to feel like a home game there because there's not going to be any fans in the stands. Stop. You know what? They usually find it – you know, you're going <laughs> to laugh at this. The last – one of the last times we were cold, at the Sun Bowl – and this funny. is terrible because when I was in college, really there was a band that I really liked named Diamond Rio. Oh I didn't boy. know you're going to see this is cheesy, Serber, but this is uh, Diamond Rio actually played the halftime show uh, at in El Paso, and I got to talk to the band and, and whatever. It was really cool. So I hope they have some good halftime entertainment because that's a lot of fun. Are you going to make a run for the border? I mean, you're right across the river from Juarez. So when I played in that game, so when I played in that game, they did a couple of things, and I think I've told you these stories before, and I know they don't do stuff like this anymore, but when we were there, we played Illinois, okay, and this was 1992, 
and they they actually had buses to come pick up both teams from from their hotels. This is the first part because usually the old school bowl games when you were there for a week, they would let you go crazy for the first two or three days, and then the coaches would settle things down to kind of clean everybody up. They bust us to bars like good old country bars where they had like a roller skating rink with a bar at every corner. Yeah, we all got we all got wristbands. And for the most part, whether you were, and I was young at the time, um, we pretty much all found a way to get the right wristband. And we, I mean, it was an absolute chest party. What was your drink Both of choice teams. back then? What was your drink oh, of choice well, back there? I, 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 usually, I usually just drank a lot of beer. Okay. So, and it was probably Coors Light. And don't don't judge me, okay? Uh, this Coors, was way back. Coors Light's great, man. So, so we, I mean, we just had so much fun. Guys were were passing out in the hallways and obviously our coaches were not real happy about our behavior but it was really 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 fun and so then eventually they they cleaned everything up and but yeah there's a trip across the border um to go and we used to go see a you know not a real bullfight but a fake one you know where they don't actually kill the bull um and and you get to do some fun stuff because they would let some volunteers go out and run around and be chased by the bulls and we'd all laugh and it was crazy so i don't know if they still do that either but it was a it was a really fun bowl to be a player at as a broadcaster to be honest with you it's just eh, we'll go in and work the game and the game's fun though and it's usually a pretty good crowd you guys will be surprised there's not going to be anybody there. It's usually a good, good – I can't handle your negativity. Wayne, It's going Wayne. to be a fantastic crowd, and it's going to be a ton of fun. You like Frosted Flakes? Like, there's probably yeah, going to be a the, ton yes, of those, I, You know right? what? I, hey, as a matter of fact, Frosted Flakes is my go-to cereal. Dude, I love to hear that. Frosted Flakes yeah. are one of the yeah. goats. Go, yeah, well, it's, it's a top, it's, it's it's a top it five for me. Yes. Maybe my kids were eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch for years. And I finally went to the store, and I'm like, listen, I'm bringing home Frosted Flakes. Yeah. I looked at my children, and I said, you guys got to give these a shot. They're great. That's what they eat now. So now yeah. I, if I want a bowl of Frosted Flakes, half the time I go into the pantry, they're gone. Dude, you know you're getting some free flakes out of this. You let's let's do this. Let's let's do this. Each of you give me your top five cereals. I want the Royal Flush. The best five cereals in the game. If they're in your pantry, what are they? Okay, hang on. I need a second. Oh, no, I can go quickly. Go, go ahead, Wayne. I eat. Go I ahead. Like, well, Frosted Flakes is number one. Lucky Charms. Yes. Fruit Loops. Tricks. And then I'm going to throw a crazy one out there because my mom used to try to get us Rice Krispies as a healthier version. But I freaking loaded up with sugar. I just sugar all over the top of it when you eat. You know rice they make Krispies. them frosted, right? No, no, I know, I'm, but, I'm but, with but, Wayne. But if you get the original rice krispies and you put sugar it. all over them, what you do is when you take a bite, you scoop the bottom and then you get that chunk of sugar yes. on it. Yes. And, you take, and it is so. You ever put good. brown sugar on top of uh, rice Ooh, krispies? I have not. You live on that the wild like side, idea. Wayne. You should give that a shot. <laughs> That's a good list, Cerber. Let's get your five. Come on. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, yes. Apple Jacks, yeah. Captain yeah. Crunch, Frosted Flakes, Fruity Pebbles. Doesn't Captain Crunch, though, give you that film on the top of your roof of your mouth that's kind of annoying? I'm not a I'm Captain not Crunch man. guy. I'm I, not I'm, either. I'm I, with you on the Fruit Loops, though, Wayne. I love Fruit Loops. Apple Jacks are good, too. Apple you know, what, you know what's same the play? Thing. Fruit hey, Loops are on. Apple Jacks, right? Hang on. The same hang thing. on. No, 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 no. They don't have any apple-flavored Fruit Loops. What you do, That's though, true. and I've God. done this, no. you buy the multi-pack. You know no. it's got small cereals oh. in it, yes. and you mix the Apple Jacks oh. and the Fruit Loops. Have either of you done call. that? No. 
No, no dude, I will now. Hartzell, you got a Costco membership, man. Yes. You got unlimited <laughs> supply of both of those cereals. Make it happen. Good call. Do it. Oh, hey, okay, let me throw one out at you guys. Before Hartzell, Hartzell, you got to give us yours. When I was young, every once in a while, I get a hankering for some sugar smacks. Ah, they don't know. Those, those aren't smacks. good. Those aren't good. I, I'm disappointed to tell you all that, that uh, honeycombs have fallen off. Honeycombs used yeah. to be the bomb. Dude, yeah, they yeah. suck now. I got some the other day. <laughs> Terrible. All right. I, I'm concerned because there's a cereal on my list that's not on either one of yours, ooh, so I'm going to get heckled ooh. for this. Maybe. Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon yeah. Toast Crunch, Lucky okay. Charms, Fruit yeah. Loops, My Wild Card. I'm a Corn Pops guy. Ooh. No, not me. Not really? You got to eat ooh. them. So here, I'll give you this, Hart. So we've been over this before. It's not on my. It's not even my top ten. But what? See, hang on. <laughs> they are good if you eat them lightning fast. The problem is if they sit in that milk for more than even a minute, they're just mush. <sighs> it, they're just so mushy. They got a good flavor. Yeah. I forgot that was actually a cereal. That's how much I don't like. Wow, unbelievable! Yeah. Dis- disrespectful. <laughs> they need to be. They they get so soft, dude. Wait, you know what's funny about Frosted Flakes is when El Paso t- with a selfie uh, with Tony, uh, with you and Tony the Tiger. I, I don't even want to talk to you. It's happening. All right, he's going to be there. It's the, great. It's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, but did the voice of Tony the Tiger actually die? No, 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 no. He's in commercials. Take it there, dude. Why you yeah, got to still there? The, but the, Tony the, voice. the Tiger will never die. All right. Yeah. Great on. commercials too. That's, what a what a dark way to end what's been a really fun Jeez. show. Wayne. Corn pops. How do you throw in corn pops? I love me some pops. I can't Let help it. Have, Gotta have my have pops. pops. Just like the commercial says. Hey, to each your to each their own. It's okay. We have choice in this country. All Gotta right. Have Hang my on. Pops. I, one America. last one last suggestion. You're a rice crisp. Both of you guys. What about the rice krispies treat cereal? Not a fan. Yeah. Really? No, I like to add. I'm with Wayne. I like to add my own sugar. I do that with cornflakes oh, too. I like that too. Yeah, cornflakes. Special K. Make it happen. I'll eat Special K, believe it or not. I don't mind that. You know what's in my top ten, which a lot of people don't like? Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran. Oh, slow down. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You got to answer me. You got to ask me a question. So there is a difference. Do you choose Kellogg's or Post? Um, I think Kellogg's. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's got to be Kellogg's. Kellogg's. Yes. I like Raisin Bran. I don't think I've seen Post Raisin Bran. Oh, it's not anywhere near as good. Yeah, it's been a while. Kellogg's is, is is I like raisin bran also. Yeah, yeah. Am I am, am I Kellogg's. a psychopath for having the occasional box of frosted mini wheats? Nah, I like them. No, I like okay. them. Okay, yeah, I can live Dude, with that. It's better than corn good. pops. There's a lot of frosting on them. A lot of fiber too. It's like a broom. <laughs> Whoop. Really, really, <laughs> cleans you right out. You'd love to see it. Wow. That's the show, everybody. <laughs>